I'm so glad that you're here because here's what I believe. I believe that God wants to touch us tonight. He wants to touch your life tonight. And each of us, when we come in, including myself, self-included, we have things we're believing God for. Some of them are very sensitive things that maybe nobody else in this this room even knows about. But God knows about it. He sees it. He's heard your cry. He's heard what you've been asking for. He's heard what... You're, you know, what you've been saying when you go to sleep at night. You know, some of the most honest conversations we have with ourselves are when you lay down at night and there's no noise. You put your phone down, right? Those moments before you fall asleep, those things that are heavy on your heart right in that moment, that's what God sees. He knows all about that right now. Some of you, it might be your health. Some of you, it may be just your emotional state. Some things may be going on at school or work or even in your family, your marriage. And uh, thank God that he's not a distant God who's just way out there, doesn't really care about those things. No, I want us just to read a little bit in the word tonight, and then we're going to pray. But I want us to read in the word tonight that there's actually a very, very, very loving God. And I pray in Jesus' name that some of you, maybe you've been in church for a long time and you've gotten a little bit used to coming into services like this, but your heart has grown cold towards God. Your heart has forgotten the depth of the love of God, the depth of what it means that no, that God's love is so strong, so potent, it even says that nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. That's a strong statement. In the world we live in today, I love that scripture because in the world we live in today, there's a lot of fear out there. There's a lot of concern, worry. There's worry, concern in our country. There's worry, concern in other parts of the world. Uh, My wife and I, we had the opportunity to go to the south of France in April and we were in Nice and we walked. uh, You may have heard about the terrorist attacks a few couple months ago in Nice and we walked the same street where dozens of people died. And it makes a reality of, man, there's a lot of stuff going on in this world. But I love that the scripture says that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. No terrorist can separate us from the love of Christ. No coworker can separate you from the love of Christ. Amen. And when you catch some of those things and you remember, because some of us, when you first get saved, you remember that. Some of you, maybe you've never actually received that love. And tonight, that's going to happen for you. You're going to hear about somebody who's going to, who loves you no matter what you've done. And I just want to read a quick scripture out of Luke chapter 4. And I didn't send this to you, but I used it earlier today. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. And this is really from Jesus where he was basically saying, this is what I'm all about, y'all. I'm going to say y'all. Is that okay? It's a Southern thing. It just means you all. You guys may, you may say you guys, but we say y'all. It's, it's lazy. Let's be honest. It's just a lazy term. We don't want to say you all. We just want to say y'all. One syllable, y'all. But Jesus comes and he basically says, this is what I'm all about. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. In other words, if one of your issues is finances, Jesus said, this is one of the reasons why I came. I want to preach the gospel to you. He says, um, he says, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That right, that there right um, uh, alone right there will touch some of your hearts. Your heart's been broken. It's 
sensitive. It's gone through a lot. And Jesus said, yeah, I came for you. That's powerful, isn't it? Jesus said, I came for you. If you feel like you're struggling with depression or you're struggling with um, uh, just weariness, Jesus said, I came for you. I've come for you. And I, I love that picture because sometimes you just think Jesus came for your neighbor. He came for the person next to you, came for everybody else. And Jesus tonight is saying, no, the, the spirit of God is on me for you. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. For some of you, you may be bound. But bound just means like you can't, if you, even if you tried, you feel like I can't be free. I can't get free from this. Some, that may be lust. That may be an addiction of some kind, drugs, alcohol, pain medication. There's a lot going on in our world. And Jesus didn't come to beat you up. He actually came to set you free. He came for you. So there's no shame in that when Jesus says, I didn't come to shame you. I came to free you. And I believe in Jesus name, you're going to be free tonight. You're going to walk out of these doors freed, freed from all of that shame, all of that guilt and the addiction itself and recovery of sight to the blind. He also came for healing. Amen. He came for healing, man. I love the word of God. We're going to read a few scriptures here where Jesus healed every sickness and every disease. That's why he came. So some of you may have walked in and you have some sort of diagnosis that the doctor has labeled you with. And some that could have been from a young child and now you're an adult and that's something that you've just learned to deal with. And Jesus said, okay, but I came to heal you. And I don't know about you, but if Jesus has come to do something for me, I want it, <laughs> right? I want to take it. I want to I receive it from him. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. In other words, Jesus came because there are demonic beings in this world that have latched on to some people and gotten in our lives. And honestly, to some extent, all of us have had interactions with the demonic <laughs> and for some people though, he says, I've come to set you free. I've come to liberate you. I've come to push off those demons and tell them your time's up. See you later. <laughs> you say, well, what's that all about? Listen, um, for whatever reason over time or maybe different opportunities, the demonic can latch inside of us. And that's what's causing such torment at night. Maybe you feel like you see things, your, your, your mind isn't quite right and you're not figuring it out. Sometimes it's like, you know what? There's a spirit that's going on and we just need to cast it out. And did you know there's no shame if that's you? There's not one shame. In fact, uh, I lo- well, I'll tell that story in a few minutes. Sorry, you'll have to just hang in suspense out there. <laughs> To set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, which really that what that talks about is the year of Jubilee, which just means I've come to restore everything. Everything that's been stolen from you. You know, I think very practically when it comes to something like an addiction, a lot of people spend a lot of money on addictions. And Jesus said, not only will I liberate you, but I'll restore you. I'll restore what the devil ripped you off from. That's for somebody here tonight, I think. If you would turn to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, and here's what's gonna happen tonight. I'm gonna read some of these scriptures, and I do believe that each of us, are, you're gonna receive something tonight from the Lord. There's nothing magical or uh, extraordinary of what I'm bringing tonight, except the fact that I just felt like Jesus told me, tell him why I came. 
Tell them why I came. Tell them the good news. And let the word of God do the rest in your heart. Amen? <laughs> Luke chapter 18. Then it happened, uh, verse 35. Verse 35. Then it happened as he was coming near Jericho, that's Jesus, that a certain blind man sat by the road begging and hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those who went before him warned him that he should be quiet. And he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him saying, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. I want you to look up there where it says that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. Jesus was passing by. Jesus was passing by. You know, this man obviously had heard something about Jesus enough to know when he heard Jesus was passing by, he started to call out for him. Jesus, Jesus, over here, son of David, have mercy on me. Why? Because he had heard stories. This Jesus has done stuff for other people. In fact, I probably would be able to go around this room and ask certain people, hey, what's Jesus done for you? And you would hear stories of salvation. You'd hear stories of deliverance. You'd hear stories of healing. And I just want you just to tonight, there's something that in ourselves that sometimes we may know, I need what's happening tonight, but we'll allow the enemy or other people or maybe being self-conscious to suppress ourselves. You know, even the own disciples of Jesus said, be quiet, hush, hush, don't say anything. And he cried out all the more. He's all, forget you. I need, I need, right? He, maybe he didn't say that. He was, you know, in his own way, he probably said that. But basically, forget you. I came because I need something tonight. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I came because I need something tonight. Yes, I came to preach, but I'm here to receive. My wife and I've been texting today. She's, she's praying. She's been praying today for us. Why? Because we're after stuff too. And we're after it for you as well. And if Jesus is passing by, I want him to take notice of me. Like over here, over here. Yeah, me, 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 over here. And I just want to encourage you tonight, don't walk out those doors without calling out to Jesus. Don't walk out those doors without saying, Jesus, over here, son of David, have mercy. I love the fact that he just said, have mercy on me. In other words, I'm not coming acting like I deserve this, like I've got my stuff all together, like I've been living my life right. He just said, son of David, have mercy on me. And some of us, we just need to come in and maybe that's all you can get out of your mouth. God, have mercy have mercy. I have messed this thing up. Have mercy on me. And I love that Jesus stopped. <laughs> Just think about it. Jesus, I mean, he was in high demand. There are probably a lot of people around him. And Jesus stopped and said, that person that just called for me, bring him here. Bring him here to me. Jesus didn't just keep walking. And I'm just telling you tonight, if you'll call out to the Lord, he won't disappoint you. He will not keep going. He's not ignoring you. Sometimes you might feel like, does God even hear me? Not only does he hear you, he stops for you. He stops for you. He sees you tonight as we're worshiping. I guarantee you, God himself took notice. 
Because when his presence comes into a room, it's not just like, oh, that's just, you know, this, I don't know, like this distant thing that happens. But God himself comes. He comes. He comes. And when God comes, he sees you. Do you hear what I'm saying? He sees you. And it's like, okay, well, that's nice. That's, you know, as in the South, we'd say, that's precious. How nice. (laughs) Bless your heart. So, (laughs) but not for this man. Mm -mm, This man, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And he says, what do you want me to do for you? He got specific. You're like, uh, Jesus, I mean, I know you're new to this thing, but... This man is obviously blind, so I'm sure that's pretty much why he's calling out to you, (laughs) right? I mean, you kind of think, what what was this kind of thing going on? No, he was asking the man, what do you want me to do for you? And I just want to take a moment right now before we go any further. And Jesus is asking you that question right now. What do you want Jesus to do for you? Go ahead. You don't have to answer them out loud, but right now, get in your heart. What do you want them to do for you? You may have a list of things that you have need of, but right now, what do you want them to do for you? Because if you are here and you believe, okay, yeah, this is God. Okay, I've come because I need to receive something. Okay, then what is that? For some, it's healing. For some, it's deliverance. For some, you've just been sad and you want to be happy again. Just right where you're at. In fact, you may want to write it down, but you don't need to. Just whisper it under your breath to the Lord, Lord, I need this. Lord, I need that. I need it because this man got specific. He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. That I may receive my sight. And can you imagine for this man who's been walking around blind, always needing help, always bumbling across things, For this man, he's like, this is what's been on my mind for years. I need my sight. And for that man, in that moment, Jesus said, I see you. And he opened his eyes and then he could see Jesus. Hello. (laughs) That's powerful right there. Thank you, Lord. What do you need? What do you want me to do for you? That's Jesus asking. All right, Matthew chapter 8, if you turn over there. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. In the first verse, I'm going to read Matthew 8, verses 1 through 5. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed, and Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that, Je- that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Wow. He said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Some of you, I think that's the question you probably came in asking. Lord, if, if it's your will, if you're willing... It's your will. You can make me clean. I love the response of Jesus wasn't like, well, let me think about that for a minute. You know, well, how were you a leper? How did you? And a leprosy, by the way, is a skin disease. And it can get so bad that you lose your appendages. You lose 
fingers, you lose your nose, you lose all kinds of of things. (laughs) But it gets so bad. And you notice Jesus didn't say, well, how did you get that disease? How did that come on you? Tell me a little bit of your story. Jesus didn't ask any of that. He said, I'm willing to be cleansed. Don't you love the simplicity of how Jesus responded? Because I think in our own minds, we allow the devil, and there is a devil, the devil to complicate it and to come in and say, well, you know, you're not really going to be cleansed because, you know, God knows that you really messed up. And the reason why you have that disease or the reason why your marriage is all screwed up or the reason why you have that addiction is because you did this, that, and the other. Don't you love that Jesus didn't say anything about all that? He just said, I'm willing, be cleansed. I'm just wanna, I just want to simplify this for some of you tonight. God is willing. Be cleansed. Be cleansed. But you don't know what I did. I know. But God is willing, so be cleansed. <laughs> don't you love that simplicity? Some of you, the enemy has literally taken just advantage of your mind. And your mind has where you've lost this whole battle because you just keep counting yourself out. Well, I did this and I did that. And nobody's ignoring that. But apparently that's not the issue right now. You said that your Lord, that I, I, I need this. Lord, like the, the blind man, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And he says, okay, it's yours. <laughs> be, be healed. I love the simplicity of that. I just really sense for just why the reason why I'm sitting on it is because I do feel like there's so many of us where the enemy gets in our mind and we're like, we're disqualified. I'm just disqualified. I don't, I don't deserve that healing or, you know, I, I've been doing this wrong thing and nobody knows about that other thing. And Jesus says, okay, but I'm willing be cleansed. If you'll go down to verse seven of that same chapter, Matthew chapter eight, verse seven kind of continues on and it says in Jesus um now when Jesus had entered Capernaum and a centurion came to him pleading with him Jesus said to him I will uh, or sorry I got messed up here it copied in my notes wrong let me go over to Matthew 8 I'll figure oh verse 5 now when Jesus had entered Capernaum A centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith in even Israel, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from the east and west and and sit down under Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will cast out in utter darkness and will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And the servant was healed that same hour. Why do I bring that up? Because again, it wasn't this complicated thing. He just said, speak a word that your servant may be healed. Lord, you don't even need to come. Just speak a word. Tonight, again, there's not something real complicated, nothing real spooky dooky that's going to happen tonight. It's just speak a word, be healed. Speak a word, be freed. Speak a word, be cleansed. 
Some of you, your past is like holding on a tight grip, like around your throat. And tonight, God says, you are free. You are free. And you're like, yeah, but you don't know my past. And if you know my past, I wouldn't say that. Okay, well, then let's look at this other example. Turn to, if you would, let's see. John chapter 8. John chapter 8. This story, it just messes me up every time I read it. And you'll see why in a second. John chapter 8, verse 2, it says, Now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him. And he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. They caught her. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Can you imagine? This woman has been brought to them because she was caught. Doing, breaking one of the Ten Commandments. This is one of the big ones. <laughs> brought her and said she was caught in the very act. Verse 5, now Moses in the law commanded us that you should be stoned. They were right. But what do you say? Asking Jesus. Verse 6, and they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and he said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one beginning with the oldest, even to the last, and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one with, but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accuse, accuse, accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I love, he said, neither do I condemn you. Listen, this woman was caught in the act of adultery, caught in the very act of it. And here Jesus comes and says, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. If Jesus isn't going to condemn that woman, why are you condemning yourself? If Jesus wouldn't condemn you, why are you allowing your mind to condemn yourself of the sin that you've done, of the things that you've done, of the things that you feel like disqualify you, that if people only knew? And Jesus says, yeah, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. In other words, you're free. Woman, you're free. Yeah, but she did this to me and she did that. And she, should have get, she should get that. That's what all the Pharisees were saying. That's what the enemy tells our mind. You should be, this should be happening to you and you should be paying for that and you should be... And Jesus says, says, no, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. So in other words, he didn't say like, no problem, like keep living your lifestyle. He did say, go and sin no more. But he says, I don't condemn you. He says, basically, you're free. Because she should have died that day. Can you imagine this woman who came? She should have died that day. According to the law that God wrote, <laughs> they were right. And Jesus said, no, 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 I forgive you. Basically said, you're forgiven. And tonight, I think the breakthrough some people just need in this room tonight is just to know you're forgiven, be free. Be free. 
And by you being free and knowing, listen, you're not held down by any of that past, you won't do it anymore. It's amazing how that works. When you receive the grace of God, it's, it's a weird dynamic because it's almost like people think that if you receive grace and you know you're forgiven, you're just gonna go do it again. But when you really, really receive God's forgiveness, you won't go do it again because you know you should have died that day. And when you know that you've been forgiven of something that should have disqualified you, that should have taken you out, that should have been your last day and whatever, your marriage and your ministry. And when you know, no, God forgave me from that, you realize I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free from all that guilt and shame. Can you imagine the shame of that woman? Everybody and their mother knew who this woman was. They knew, they brought her to Jesus. They said, oh yeah, we caught her. This was an adulteress, but now we caught her. So we brought her in. They all knew and the shame this woman carried. And now Jesus is saying, no, 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 I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you. And listen, no matter what you walked in here tonight, as a representative of Jesus, I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you. Jesus does not condemn you. He forgives you, amen? Amen. Amen. Lord, I pray that tonight you would breathe forgiveness into this room, that your spirit would minister to people who have been bound literally with feeling condemned and that people tonight would see you're not condemned. Jesus forgives you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Some of you, that was it right there. That's it right there. That's it right there. Some of you, you haven't been fulfilling your ministry because that guilt has been holding you back. And tonight, if you'll receive freedom from that and forgiveness, your ministry is gonna just pop right open. You're gonna step into your calling because you're gonna realize nothing needs to hold me back anymore. I don't need to be held back anymore. It's almost like, what are you, what are you waiting for? You're free. And yeah, yeah, but you didn't know what I did. Uh, Oh, no, no, you're forgiven for that. So what's holding you back again? <laughs> Amen. Amen. When I look out at this group right here, I see a lot of forgiven people. I see a lot of people just like me who it's like, oh, no, I have been forgiven much and so have you. And Jesus has redeemed my life just like he's redeemed yours. And so just like I'm not letting it hold me back don't you let it hold you back anymore either. Amen? <laughs> Amen. I want to go down to, uh, let's see, um, Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. As you turn there, um, That story of the woman who was caught in the act of adultery, there's something in, in my heart, and I just believe that the Holy Spirit just made sure he added that that's what the Pharisee, the Pharisee said. They caught her in the very act. Because Jesus wanted you to know, like, no matter how bad it's gotten for you, I don't condemn you. Yeah, it's not, this wasn't years ago this woman did it. 
it was right that it was apparently right away. <laughs> it just happened. It just said, I don't, I don't condemn you. And in fact, there's a whole other woman that Jesus came across, and you'll remember she was the woman at the well. And I just love Jesus just happened to do things that were so anti the religious people and culture and like what everybody else thought he, the way he should react. And so this woman comes up to the well and basically he asks her for a drink. And that was already weird at the time. Asks her for a drink and she's like, okay. So she gives him the drink and basically they have this whole conversation and she says, you know, you know, something about her husband. She said, oh, I don't have a husband. And he says, oh, you're right that you say you don't have a husband. You've had five and the one you're with isn't even your husband. But did you know that Jesus didn't stop there? And so, woman, you guys just jump into that well. You're, I'm done with you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just push her in. Just be like. So people have a view of God that's so harsh and angry. And notice the interactions that Jesus had with people as he was on this earth. It was never harsh like that. The only time he was harsh with people was religious people. Yeah holding people back from their freedom, holding people back from being set free and healed. That was the only time he ever responded harshly. He was like, he, he was not having any of that. He was, it would make him angry. But when it came to people who are sinners, deserved death according to the law that Moses wrote, he said, no, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. That woman at the well, forgiven, forgiven forgiven. He called her out out of love just to tell her, I see you. Basically revealed himself as the son of God, as the Messiah, because she says, oh, you know, we're waiting for that one. He says, I'm the one. Hi. (laughs) You know, you just can imagine. How you doing? (laughs) By the way, this is a total side note I love about this story too, is that the woman goes back to the city and tells all the, it says, it tells them, and all the men run out to find the man who knows everything, you know, that that woman ever did. Can you imagine? The men are like, oh, shoot, we've been found out. <laughs> it says, it, it talks about how the men, they, they came because she went to the city and says, come meet a man that told me everything I ever did. And the, all the men are like, oh, shoot. <laughs> we better get out there. <laughs> Anyways. That one's extra. That's free. (laughs) Matthew chapter 15, verse 29. Verse 29, it says, Jesus departed from there, skirted the Sea of Galilee, and went up on the mountain and sat down there. Then great multitudes. You see, by this time, the news of Jesus had spread around. It had spread that there's a man healing people. There's a man forgiving people who should not be forgiven. There is something going on there. So now by this point, great multitudes, plural, not a multitude, multitudes, many, hundreds, thousands of people are coming. They're coming. They're coming to Jesus. They've caught wind of it. You've come tonight because you've caught wind of Jesus. You know Jesus. You've heard what he does and what, what he wants to do. It says, then great multitudes came to him, having with them, catch this, the lame, the blind, the mute, the maimed, and many others. <laughs> Love the Holy Spirit just put in, in case you don't see yourself in that list, and many others. <laughs> many others. And they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. 
He healed them. So the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed made whole, the lame walking, the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Do you notice that? That the people, they brought the sick. Why did they bring him? Because they knew if I bring him to Jesus, they're going to be healed. Tonight, I'm going to ask, I'm not asking you that you have to do any great thing in and of yourself because do you notice those people, they just laid them at the feet of Jesus. We don't even know how much faith they had as they came, but they had just enough faith to make the journey. They had just enough belief to make it to Jesus. And you've had just enough faith to make it here tonight. Some of you, you may not be fully convinced yet. And did you know that's not a requirement? In fact, according to this scripture, you've basically fulfilled the the requirement that these people did. You came. You came. You've come, not to Jesus, I'm not Jesus, but you've come to receive from him. You've first come because you have a need. You've come because you need a breakthrough and a miracle. And this, this says that with, in this instance, let's see, I want to read it exactly. It says, and he healed them. Who's them? It didn't say, well, he healed some of them. Um, you know, he kind of picked and choosed. Uh, the older people, well, you're going to go home soon anyway, so <laughs> not you. You know, oh, no, I don't think I want you to speak because your voice might be annoying. Nope, I don't want that. Um, hmm, you know, if you're walking, you might follow me, and I don't want you to do that. So he didn't pick and choose. He didn't pick and choose. It just says he healed them. He healed them. All throughout the New Testament, there's so many instances where it says he healed them all. Oh, I love that. Do you know why? Because if you're in this room, you would qualify as all. (laughs) You're breathing, right? Say yes. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Because if you're not breathing, that's a whole other miracle we need to have tonight, okay? And that can happen too. I just wasn't prepared for that, but we can do it. We can do it. (laughs) Isaiah chapter 53, and this will be my last scripture that I want us to read. And I want to read it out of the message version. Is that the one you guys have on the screen? Okay, so you, if you don't have the message version, I'd love for you just to look, go ahead and put it up on the screen. I want to read how this talks about Jesus, what this calls the servant, but it's about Jesus. Jesus grew up before God, a scrawny seedling, a scrubby plant in the parched field. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down on and passed over. A man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him, thought he was scum. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried. Our pains. Not just physical. Our pains he carried. Our disfigurements. All the things, all the things, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins, our sins, our sins. He took the punishment and that made us whole. Everybody say whole. Whole. Made us whole. 
nothing broken, nothing missing. Through his bruises, we get healed. We're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost, all of us, every single one. There's no, there's none, the Bible says there's none righteous, not one. Even your sweet little self, you're not righteous, sorry. Only through Jesus Christ are you righteous. We've all, we're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way, and God has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong on him, on him. I read this version because I love just the simplicity of it. But here's really what I'm after, is Jesus himself came to the earth to take on your sin. It's why he came. So sometimes the enemy comes in and he's like, no, you've done too wrong. You've done too much. No, 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 they're gonna hate you. God doesn't love you. What are you thinking? These are, this is how the enemy talks in our ears. It's not loud usually. It's just enough where it's drowning out the other voices. No, no, don't step out. Don't do that. Don't, no, you're not good enough. You're not strong enough. No, remember the last time you tried to do that? It didn't happen. And listen, Jesus came to take on your sin. So why are you walking around with your sin? He took it. He was ripped and tore open for your sin. And not only your sin, your healing. He was bruised for your healing. For your healing. That disease, that sickness, that ailment, he was bruised for it. So when you walk around and you're like, well, it's no big deal that I have it. Because, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of getting by, you know. And, and it's, it's causing some sort of. Um, condition in your life, something that you just have gotten used to. And Jesus is like, okay, but I was bruised for you to be healed. I was beaten so that you wouldn't take that on. So don't be comfortable with it. I was bruised for that. I was beat up for that. I was crucified for that. And so tonight when we come, we're not begging God. Jesus has already said, I was bruised for that already. That's paid for. That's kind of like me giving you a check and you're like, well, you know, you know, I'm in so much debt, but I give you a check to pay for all that debt. And you're like, oh, and you go around telling everybody else how you need to get out of debt. And I'm like, I already paid for your debt. Go cash the dang check. (laughs) Right? That's how the visual of how it really is. Go cash the check. And I don't know about you, but today I'm here to receive what Jesus already paid for on the cross. He came that everything wrong with us, everything wrong with us would be made right with him. And it's not just some, it's not hyperbole. This is not something of just exaggeration. He came that everything wrong would be made right. He came, it says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, that you would be, everything that's happened to you would be restored, everything stolen, everything jacked, that you jacked up. He says, I come to, I've come to restore all that. That's why I love that God instituted, he did what was called the year of Jubilee. And that was just a foreshadowing of what Jesus would do once and for all. The year of Jubilee was like all that debt you got yourself in, even dumb debt, In that year, everything was wiped out, just totally restored. And Jesus said, I came to proclaim that to you at any time you take advantage of it. 
<laughs> You're like, yeah, but I just messed up earlier today. Well, today's your day, baby. You need it today. It's yours today. You don't need to wait till next year. You don't need to wait till the next conference, right? Why wait till the next conference to get your, your freedom and your, your forgiveness? Don't wait till the next conference. It's yours today. Jesus has paid for it. Hello. Is that good news or what? Jesus has paid for it. He's paid. You're like, well, that sickness? Yes. That cancer? Yes. That depression? Yes. He came that you may have life and life more abundantly. And you're saying, but I'm not living like that yet. That's okay. He came for you. He came for you. He came to help you. And you're just like, well, this just sounds, you know, like you're just expecting all that stuff to disappear. Yes, I am. Thank you very much. Guilty. I am expecting God to turn it around in Jesus' name. I'm expecting you to walk out those doors healed. I didn't come in here thinking, oh, it'd be nice if a couple of people got healed. I didn't come in with that expectation. I came in believing God that every person who comes to be healed would be healed. And even if you just got enough faith to just lay before the Lord, that you're, that's enough faith to be healed tonight. Amen. Amen. 